You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul concludes his discussion of the term field, revisiting critical themes from previous episodes and challenging the common practice of defining words. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. So you have here this function of Sadeh very early on, but again you have to wait and wait and wait. With Sadeh actually you don't need to have to wait beyond Genesis because you catch it up at the end of 49 and 50, where again, 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 Ephraim, the son of Zohar, Hittite, and it is in his field that the earth becomes the Hebron, the brotherhood, the community. You know, Heber is uh, community. It's like brotherhood, if you like. But this is very important, you know, you have it uh, in Paul with his kiss of peace, you know, between brothers. I mean, everybody did that, not only the Middle Easterns. The Greeks did it, the Romans do it. Now you don't see it anymore done on the cheek, but you could see how the elbows bump into one another. So it's still flesh against flesh. That's what I like about our situation with the COVID-19. It does not contradict what I am saying, okay, you have to express oneness and not kissing you from afar. The Romanians are very good at that. They say, Tepoop, I kiss you. Ah, Roddy is going to be unhappy about that, but he knows the importance of Hebrew. Okay, there is no, I kiss you. It's like over the electronics when you send a kiss or a heart. No, no, it has to be real. Another word that occurs to me when we're thinking about this kind of semantic field of the different ways of referring to the ground and the land and that sort of thing is mure, which is a pasture, which first appears in Genesis, but late in Genesis. It seemed like it had to do with cattle until I was looking through the different occurrences. And in the final occurrence in Nahum, it refers to a pasture for lions, but it seems like maybe since it always refers to cattle, maybe there's some irony there. But I'm just wondering if you had a chance to look at Mir'en, how it relates to field. Actually, Mir'e has another word, Nawe also, which is found. But Mir'e is interesting because it has to do with shepherding and grazing. I believe that this text per se has to be read, I don't like in light of, but in conjunction with 
Isaiah chapter 11, where the wild animal is tamed, if you like. It becomes part of the... Actually, in my book, I developed that in conjunction with the sea monster, the Tannin, how it is tamed in the Psalms by God. That would be, I believe, the connotation of the text, the function, what it's telling you, that ultimately, again, uh, Genesis 1 through 4 controls that entire Bible. You see, you don't have, the only exception is Taninim Gedolim, but I defend it in my book. But let's go for the land animals. You don't have differentiation between wild and tame. Okay, you don't. You have the snake, which again in my book I connect with the Tannin through the Psalms, uh, the snake and the Leviathan and so on. I mean, it's much richer, you see. I'm not frustrated by your questions in the bad sense. I'm frustrated in the good sense. That it is as though you're telling me, Father Paul, keep, keep doing podcasts. I have a lot of questions. And I'm beginning to trust your approach to Scripture. That's the way we have to go. You see what you did, and I know at this point you did not but you gave me an example it's not could not the pasture be also for lions no 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 you gave me an example and one deals with it and again i go back to you'll see it more clearly in my book when i deal with the sea animals through the book of Jonah that is used in a very special way in Matthew and so on. But that's another example where it's not for the sheep only. Because God is talking about his people who are human beings as sheep. So already you have a movement towards the stand-ins. But some animals are wilder than others. And the wildest is ultimately the Leviathan and Rahab. But these also are controlled by God. There is a very nice text in Psalm, we'll, we'll discuss it in my following presentation, where the Tanin, Leviathan, sports in the waters, plays in the waters, which is very strange. Okay, and I use it in my, obviously, with more detail as to how God tames this. Again, the book of Jonah was extremely helpful for me because here I appeal to the Septuagint where it uses for the fish because you don't have tannin, you have dag but it uses for fish 
Kitos, which is the word that the Septuagint uses in Genesis 1 to speak of the sea monster. But I defend it because in Genesis 1, two verses later, the sea animals in their totality are referred to as dug fish. So, here again, it is only through my having heard scripture anew. Because these things I didn't deal with in the rise of scripture, but my new book allowed me to delve into that. In 3214, up to this point, the pastor was good news. When the people were hungry and they needed some place for their cattle to eat, he blessed them with mir'eh. But when they have cities built, the mir'eh is a curse because their city is going to become a mir'eh uh, for the cattle. So would you mind talking a little bit about the contrast there between the city and the mir'eh? Well, well that's the play between Yabbasha and Haraba and Horba. Nothing is what it is. The rooster is good news for you when you have to wake up early. But when not, the rooster is bad news for you. And the rooster, at least the last time I checked, does not differentiate between a weekday and a weekend day. So you have these examples, that are, and it's good to have them all because the Mira'e is usually open land. Take the sheep, you have them in the fold, but then you take them out to graze. Remember that famous text in John chapter 10. He takes them out and he brings them in. That's the good shepherd. Okay? It's like a good parent doesn't keep all the time the children at home. But takes the children to where they are supposed to be and bring them back. And this is what I dislike about definition of terms, you know, define is from the Greek orizo, you put a circle around it. Words in living languages do not function like that. They function within the story. Take for instance, well, we bring them out, you know, another verb for to bring out is to expel or exile. You're not entitled to make that jump. Unless the setting makes it so. Remember in Ezekiel, when he let the people flee through breaches on the wall. But that's not the setting of John chapter 10 about the Good Shepherd. Because they are sheep. Now you could tell me, well, you don't do this with the hens. Well, that's fine with me. 
although you let them go through a larger yard. But the sheep and the cattle are there. They function differently. You have to go out raise. A city dweller senses a life of 40 days in a row in the Syrian wilderness, if not 40 years in a row, as a punishment. But go back to scripture. Well, the patriarchs and their descendants were shepherds. So they could have handled the passage through the Sinai wilderness. But it was too long <laughs> for them because they were used to the cities of Egypt. Notice by sunset that they wanted to go back. And then when they came to the land, they destroyed cities, yes, but they built other cities and lived in them. And that proved to be a disaster because God wanted them to follow his law the way they had no choice but to follow it during the 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> you have to fold the tent and uh, and when they didn't, he destroyed them. And Paul refers to that in 1 Corinthians 10. Then God can play on you by exiling you to Mesopotamia, which is a land of cities. He didn't exile you to the Syrian wilderness. Remember, the Syrian wilderness with its capital, Tadmor, is actually Eden. So all these connotations are for me very important. Which you cannot put in a book of theology. It's impossible. Unless your book of theology, every third page, say, well, friends, let's close this book and rehear the Bible. But otherwise, you're building up and using vocabulary which doesn't exist. Like I mentioned earlier, faith seeking reason, reasons, they are not in the Bible. The phrase spiritual life is not in the Bible. And I'm very strict on that, and, uh, unless we submit to this methodology, we're just playing games and earning your living. Well, in a way, I feel blessed that the latest of my books, and in a way the most important, beginning with the series of commentaries, were written after my retirement. In other words, I was not earning for them, and I was not using them to apply for a position. Humanly speaking. So, I felt it as a blessing that it was just 
a labor not of love, there was not much love in that, but a labor of duty. More than Paul did, because Paul knew Hebrew and Greek. I didn't know these two languages as well as he did. Anyway. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.